Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. Hey, welcome on into today's episode, which I've entitled You Deserve This, because you ladies absolutely do deserve this. And I really wanted to share a little bit of a personal kind of experience, I suppose, of my own with you today and talk about um, a travel experience that I had in my early 20s, because it really shaped how I thought about myself. It really shaped how I saw the world. And um, I suppose to talk about this experience, I have to go back a few steps, which is to tell you a little bit more about my childhood. Um, I always was fascinated with animals. I know lots of kids are, but I really, really loved wildlife. I always have done. And I remember very vividly, my mom and dad had this sort of encyclopedia of African animals in our house. And I meticulously went through this book. It was a huge, huge book. And I essentially copied it page for page. I found, you know, the first picture might be a cheetah. I drew the picture that was there of the cheetah. I wrote all these facts about said cheetah. Um, And then I would write about an antelope. And then I would write about an acarpi. And then I would write about an elephant. And I literally copied this book page for page. And it became a bit of a project, a very long project. (laughs) Um, But it absolutely absorbed me. It really, really, I just find wildlife so fascinating. Um, And as I grew older and older, I wanted to go to Africa. I had this dream, I had this vision that kind of kept coming back to me that you have to go to Africa, you have to go, you have to save your money, you have to go. So as soon as I started working, I literally started my Rebecca's Going to Africa fund. And literally, I wasn't earning very much when I started working in London. And um, I remember I just started putting money away every single week, every single month, And when I actually hit the £5,000 mark, I started really thinking about this trip for real. And when I was age 25, I flew out solo to Nairobi and I was gone. And it was the most exciting day. I remember my parents being very, very sad, (laughs) waving me off at the airport in, in London. And, you know, they were quite rightly quite concerned for me, but I didn't have a concern in my heart. I was so excited to be going away. I was so excited to be going to see what I'd always wanted to see in Africa. So I flew into Nairobi and it was the most fascinating experience in itself, actually, because I arrived and I remember the greeting hall was the same room as where all the luggage was kind of coming off in the carousel. And I was thinking, anybody could actually just take your bag from here. (laughs) It seems a bit bizarre, but um, it was a bit strange. And I went outside, got my backpack off the carousel and I flagged a taxi and I went to this um, little motel that I had booked into in central Nairobi. And then when I was there, I met up with a group of other backpackers, other travelers who I was going to be with for this adventure. We were going to travel all the way through Tanzania, a little bit of Kenya, obviously, first, and then through Tanzania and going south down to Zanzibar Island. And um, I was going to be getting off 
um, at, um, at Johannesburg and uh, continuing on my own journey. But the thing that was really interesting was this group of people was a really eclectic mix of people. So there were, you know, young people. There were a couple of guys younger than me even. I thought I was pretty young at 25 to be backpacking solo. But um, there were a couple of guys who were about 19, 20. Um, there were quite a few of us in our 20s. There was a lady who was 50. I mean, it was a real mixture of characters. And we had a guide who was a South African guy. And we had a driver who was a South, South African guy. And um, yeah, we kind of, there were, I think there were... 14 of us, 15 of us, something like that. And we all got on this truck, an overground truck, and we went on our way. And, you know, it started off in such an incredible way because we almost immediately were traveling through, you know, game reserves and spotting animals. I mean, it was pretty quick <laughs> um, how quickly we saw things. And it was honestly the most magical experience. I don't know if you've ever been to parts of Africa, but I've never experienced spiritual kind of awakenings before when I've traveled. And I've traveled quite a lot through all of Asia and um, Europe, Australasia, and to America too. I've never been anywhere like Africa. It sort of feels literally magical. It feels like you are in the center of the earth. It really did feel like that for me. And I'm not a particularly spiritual person, but it really was quite a spiritual experience for me. But anyway, I wanted to tell you a few of the things that I experienced because it really was such an eye-opening one and, you know, something that will never be replicated, I'm sure. One of the big standouts for me was going to visit a Maasai tribe and feeling sort of, I don't know, a little bit uncomfortable that you're sort of treading on their toes, that you're really invading their space, but they couldn't have been more welcoming they were just absolutely lovely. And one of the ladies who, I think she was the third or the fourth wife of the um, the chief of the village, actually asked me to come into her home to have a look inside her house. And the houses, I think, are made from a combination of mud and dung, I think. Animal dung and mud. And they kind of pack it around vertical um, sticks that go around in a circle. So they're circular homes. And then inside, she it was sort of one big room, if you like, and then she had used met metal mesh to separate areas. And she was explaining that in the evening, the goat would come in with her. So one area was where she slept, one area is where she cooked. And then there was another area at the side there for where the goat was going to sleep at night so that the goat was safe from lions, essentially. So she was going to have her goat next to her, bless that goat. Um, but she was a lovely, lovely lady. I actually had a photograph taken with her. She was a really just a really welcoming, warm person. And, you know, the children were all um, around us wanting to see who we were and uh, wanting to find out what was in our bags. I mean, they were just um, little treasures, really. So that was really interesting, going to see the Maasai tribe. And also, you know, as we went along our route, because, I mean, we literally traveled for hundreds and hundreds of miles in this truck in the, in the dust, in the heat, and I do remember there was a point where we actually stopped because there was a nomadic tribe, I think a Maasai tribe also, that had left the sort of site abandoned. So we got off, we got out, and we went and had a little look around this um, abandoned site. So there were all these homes that were empty, but essentially very similar to the ones that we had seen at the one that was an active camp. But um, it sort of demonstrated, I suppose, the nomadic nature of these tribes. And I remember sitting actually outside. It was a really hot day that day. And I remember sitting down and there were weaver birds sort of building nests. And weaver birds are really fascinating things. Weaver birds 
build upside down and it's sort of, I don't know, it's like a teardrop shape how they build the nest and it kind of hangs from the tree, from a tiny little twig of the tree and they create this beautiful teardrop shape nest. It's the most beautiful little piece of architecture you've ever seen. And weaver birds are so tiny and so cute, you can't help but just adore them when you see them um, flittering around and, and working so hard to build their nests. The other thing that we did as a group very early on in that trip was we actually camped at the bottom of Mount Kilimanjaro, which obviously was quite an uh, experience in itself. We literally just camped, so we just had tents, we just rocked them up. Um, you could hear wild animals all around. Um, there was a very, very small fence that went around this little campsite. I mean, it wasn't a campsite. It was just a piece of ground at the bottom of the mountain. Um, but I do remember camping there that night. And one of the ladies writing in her journal what a mystical and magical experience this was. And I think that was only day three by then. It was just so incredible. But, you know, when we went through the game reserves, we did see quite a lot of um, game animals, particularly because we went to the Ngorogoro Crater, which is, I remembered it from the BBC documentaries that I'd been watching when I was younger, because Ngorongoro is such a huge crater, sort of a flat crater. So you get lots and lots of game animals that come to there to drink, essentially. And I remember we came down the outside of the crater sort of spiraling round and you could see the sea of flamingos making the water look pink. It looks really fantastic. And then, you know, you'd see the wildebeest, you'd see the zebra, you'd see, you know, we did actually see a cheetah there as well, which was very cool watching her stalk her prey. That was very, very exciting too. But there were so many things that we did in on this adventure and I'm not going to go into huge depth about everything because... It will be here forever. But, you know, to give you an insight, we went across to Zanzibar Island, for example, which was just the most incredible experience where they, used, they literally sell every spice under the sun. Um, we went to all those markets there. We also uh, went across to Dar es Salaam from there, which was quite an experience in itself, um, quite an eye-opening experience for me, certainly. We went down to Zambia and... Um, Zimbabwe and we actually uh, kayaked down the Zambezi River. So the Zambezi River goes between uh, Zimbabwe and Zambia. So we did a three-day trek down, kayaking down this river, sharing that river with hippos and crocodiles. And I am not joking, they were around us in the water as we were kayaking down the river. It was really quite scary because I was thinking the whole time, these hippos are just going to come up, they're going to surface, they're going to come to the top. And they're going to knock us over. And the guide said, well, actually, that does happen. That, that We have known that happened before. People have been uh, belly flopped on from the side. A hippo has literally jumped from the side and landed on the kayak and broken the kayak in two. So we were thinking, this is not good. What are we doing here? Especially as we were camping on the, the banks of this river. You know, we were every evening we would go into our tents, told not to come out because it was dusk. And you had to stay inside your tent until the morning because there literally were wild animals all around you, um, which is quite a humbling experience, I would say, to say the least. What else did I do on that trip? I We visited a witch doctor. That was another thing that was exciting and very interesting. And I very stupidly drank some white bubbling potion that was offered up in this demonstration that he was showing us. He was making something. I don't know what it was, but I drank it. It was ridiculous. I shouldn't have done. And then, you know, when I got to Johannesburg, I actually separated from that group and I sort of went, I decided I wanted to go south and they were going west. 
So again, I was by myself and I decided I wanted to go down, you know, to Durban and down to the garden route and down to um, the Cape Town, which I did. So um, I met up with another girl backpacker, actually, who I became friendly with. And we started to camp together and went all the way down together. She was an incredible spirit during our trip. We had a great time together. But um, yeah, what else happened? I mean, we, we rode an ostrich. Oh my goodness, we rode an ostrich. Joe, her name is Joe. Joe and I rode an ostrich. They, they actually said on this um, particular day, they said, you're going to ride three different things today. And we had no idea what they were. They literally left us up at the top of this hill with a mud map of how to get back to the hostel we were staying in. And when we got to the top of this mountain, there were some bikes already there. So we're like, aha, first thing that we're going to ride to, um, ride on is a bike. So we got on the bikes, we went down this crazy mountainside. And there were about four of us from the hostel that did this this day. And the map took us to um, a site where there were camels. So ride number two was on a camel. We rode on camels. We had a very funny experience doing that. And then we got back on the bikes and continued on our way down this dirt trap map to an ostrich farm. And it turned out that the third thing we had to ride that day was an ostrich, which I did. And I was the first of the four of us to put my hand up to volunteer to ride this ostrich, which was the most hilarious experience of a lifetime. They literally had the ostrich in a V-shaped stable style I suppose it's called style and it had a little bag on its head bless it so I got on there's no saddle you just hop over it put your leg on the other side and you literally put your knees under its wings and you just clamp on and they said you literally push its neck to go left push it left if you want to go right push the neck right and if you want to stop pull it back and I thought this feels like I'm in some sort of coyote you know cartoon what is this what is going on with this but literally, that's how you're supposed to ride an ostrich. And I didn't last very long. I think I lasted about four seconds before it threw me off onto the, into the dirt beneath us. And then afterwards, there was a jockey who came along to show us how you actually do ride an ostrich. And it definitely was not how I rode the ostrich at all. In Cape Town, I swam with great white sharks. I climbed Table Mountain. I mean, it was literally the trip of a lifetime. And Living out that dream of going to Africa is something that literally changed my life forever. It changed my life for so many different reasons. It showed me, you know, what I was really capable of. It showed me huge volumes of confidence I didn't realize that I had. And it showed me that you should always chase your dreams because it's so hugely enriching when you do. It's so wildly enriching when you do something that you value deeply and you really want to put your mind to. And I think I've always made life and career decisions on my own terms. But I think, I think that trip, those few months in Africa, really, really cemented that attitude. And I always choose to be purposeful. I always have done. I choose to be purposeful about determining what I want in my life and how I spend my time and who I spend it with. I have no qualms of cutting out relationships when I feel like they're not serving me, when I feel like they're really actually damaging me and hurting me. And I think for life's experience to be meaningful, you have to decide what you value and you have to go for things that you value. So that means being with people who make you happy, being with people who make you feel joy, being with people who share similar values to you. And that doesn't mean about surrounding yourself with people who don't have values, um, you know, different to yours or contrary to yours. But I think life would be so boring if we're all the same, of course. But I think it's so important to be with um, lifelong partners, for example, who share similar values to you, important values, because you have to agree on the basics for um, those relationships to survive in the long term. And to be honest, I think 
that trip also sort of said to me that you must only, you know, allow opportunities. No, it's not that. It's about not settling. It's about not settling for opportunities that are just not good enough for you, whatever those opportunities might be. Because why would you? Why would you ever settle for anything less? I changed careers a few years ago, a long time ago now actually, and decided to move into career coaching. I used to work in advertising, which is why I think I love the personal branding side so much because branding so fascinated me when I worked in the advertising world. And I've chosen to kind of combine my understanding of branding and personal development together to create this kind of process that we look at in our personal Uh, branding blueprint training that we run where we talk about how to present yourself as your best self and how to position yourself in the minds of key stakeholders as you choose to it's all about being purposeful it's all about creating stretching opportunities and creating um, challenge for yourself so that you can see what you're really really capable of and I think in my role now as a career coach It's all about empowering women to land dream opportunities and dream roles in dream industries. Some some women do change industries when they work with me. And I absolutely, I just love the work that I do. I love the impact that it has on people. I love seeing clients succeed. I love seeing clients just expand their levels of confidence beyond what they ever thought was possible. And I think a lot of the work that we do is around creating mindset shifts about how you see yourself and how you see the capability that you have and how you see your potential. Because, you know, I can give you loads of skills. I could give you loads of career um, strategies. I could give you loads of leadership tips and skills and strategies to be a better leader. But the fundamental thing that's missing from that approach is if you don't believe that you're a leader, if you don't identify as being a leader in the first place, if you don't have the confidence to apply those new skills, then I'd be doing you a massive disservice by just throwing more stuff at you for you to learn. These things have to go hand in hand where we work on mindset and we work on self-worth and we work on confidence, all sort of synergistically, all together when we're talking about career strategy, personal branding strategy and leadership strategy. So I want to ask you something today. I want to ask you what your dream opportunity looks like? What does your dream life look like? You know, is it how it is right now or could it do with some work? What does your dream career opportunity look like for you right now? Is it what you're doing right now or is it something different? Have you been eyeing an opportunity but you haven't had the confidence to really go for it? Have you been thinking about asking your boss for a raise or have you been thinking about asking your boss for a promotion? Have you been just feeling overlooked unrecognized, fed up, frustrated in the role that you're in. Maybe you're feeling lost in where you are right now. And I want to say to you, you've got this opportunity because I'm podcasting and I can. I want you to think about whether that's good enough for you or not. Because if there's one thing I have learned in my years, my many years now on this earth, both in a personal perspective, but also as a coach, as a trained coach who does this for a living, is you absolutely deserve the best opportunities in life. You absolutely deserve the best relationships, the best friendships, the most nurturing relationships and friendships. You absolutely deserve to have the best career opportunities. But if you don't believe it, then you will not get there. And that is why people like me exist in this world, to help you realize your potential, to help you align yourself with those outcomes. 
and I would love to help you. I am one of these people who is uh, just so obsessed with growth mindset and I'm so determined to see more and more people to succeed. That's what I really, really want. I want to see people happier, more satisfied, more aligned, more in flow, more resourceful, more strong, focusing all the time on where they're strong rather than in situations where they feel weak. And if you feel ready, if you feel like you are ready for this change, for this step up, for this move into maybe a new space in your career, I would love, love, love to speak with you because I love go-getter type women. I love women who want more for themselves, for their careers, for their families too, because let's face it, what you do in your life and in your career will affect the people around you in a positive way or not. And I really want you to spend every single second of your day doing tasks and making the difference that you really want to make. Because if you're not, then what are we doing any of this for? And today, what I would love to do is I would love to open up my calendar to you, okay? And I'm going to give you a link to actually contact me for a 15-minute career strategy call. It's completely free. It's no obligation to do anything afterwards, but it's your starting point. And if you start taking action and putting yourself first and telling yourself that you deserve this, then more will come for you. More and more and more will start changing for the better. I guarantee that's how it works. So I'm going to put that link into the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed today's deep dive into my experience in Africa. I could talk about Africa for a lot, lot longer. I literally skimmed the surface. But, you know, it's one of those experiences that truly, truly cemented to me how important it is to go for what you want in life. You know, life's too short to settle for mediocrity. Life is too short to wait. It's here, it's here right now in front of us. In this very moment, you could make a decision to make something new happen, to make change happen, to make something big and exciting happen in your world. All you have to do is make that decision. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies, and I look forward to seeing you next week. 